Hello and welcome back to another episode of Baseball Night. We took a week off. Jack spent some time at the beach. Oh. And we're back. Jack, how are you? How was your little... Uh, you know, Tom, I feel refreshed. Yeah, you get a little I vitamin put, C. I put, yeah, vitamin D. S-E-A. I put D. Oh, nice. I put the sun in, in my hair, and I just stretched out at the beach all week. And, oh, Pete uh, Alonzo style, a little sun yeah. in. That's it. And, you know, really bronzed up, rode some waves, and I feel great. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, I uh, watched a whole lot of baseball in those two weeks, too. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, unfortunately, if you're watching the Red Sox. True. The Major League Baseball right now is is very not fun to watch. They get a lot going for it. So, the Red Sox, oh my god, I'm just scrolling through. They're so bad in July. Yeah, oh yeah, they were. Wow. Um, yeah, they were. <laughs> holy hell. So, we can start with, I mean, we're a podcast that we admit that, you know, one of us picked a last place, a team currently in last place to win the AL East. Mm-hmm. One of you us. Know? One of us. One of us. And then... um you know, we talked nonstop for the first three months of the year of how good Bogart's bet or oh, 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 that was actually that was a legitimate slip of the tongue. Bogart's, Devers, <laughs> and Martinez have been. Um which they just haven't been since the all-star break. No. Uh Bogart's at least been consistent. Uh Devers was hurt. Yep. So he came back and he still he, you know, Devers is having the kind of year now where he's hitting, he's going like one for four, but that one is a double or a homer. Mm-hmm. So it's like the uh, the old Ted Williams problem where he's like, did he really have a good game just because he hit a home run? Like Instagram and everything would tell you, yes, that's all baseball is, is just how many home runs you can hit. But I don't know. He's having a big, like a sharp decline in the second half of the year, uh, along with... um. Maybe JD stands for just duh first half because he hasn't done shit the last like three second halves of the year. Oh, see, you had a chance to go with just done. Well, he still yeah, always makes the all-star team. So it's. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Um, So you shouldn't. That was so stupid. <laughs> no, I mean, it wasn't good, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> so here we let's just get, let's throw out the. Let's throw out the standard numbers. Keep it simple here. Um, since the All-Star break, Bogarts is hitting 240, three home runs, which is like a third of his home runs on the year. Actually, seven doubles, 13 RBI. Like you said, consistent. He's actually hitting like um, what shortstops used to hit like before Nomar, A-Rod, and Jeter. That's like yeah. what you would get out of shortstops. Devers. This to me tells me like he is so hurt because he is batting 195, still has three homers, nine RBI, 15 strikeouts. It's just he has four doubles. It's not good. And then JD Martinez batting 178 with zero homers and eight RBI. But there's more, Jack, because I took a screenshot of a tweet that I read today. This tweet is from Brian Barrett, who used to be based, I think, I think on EEI, and now he works for The Ringer. He just started at The Ringer. 
Um, since the start of June, JD Martinez minus 0.9 Fangraphs WAR, which is 157th out of 158 qualified hitters, second to last. Average 218, 135th. On base 131st, two which is 291. 343 slugging, which is 138th, and 634 OPS, which is 139th. So safe to say he's not part of a big three of anywhere right now. So my question, this is a big roundabout way for me to ask you, why didn't they pull the trigger and maybe scale back the asking price for him and Evaldi? I don't know. I wish I knew, Tom. They traded their starting catcher to be a backup, although... To be a backup on a team that I I would just have to imagine he didn't want to play for either. Uh, Not that that should matter for anything, but um, we talked on this podcast going into the trade deadline that it seemed just to make sense that both Yvaldi and Martinez were going to be moved. I think we both predicted that they'd be moved. Neither one was, neither of which have had a very productive uh, after the All-Star break. Uh, Nate Ivaldi's hurt. He's not even playing. And as you just mentioned, out of qualified hitters, J.D. Martinez is towards the bottom third, if not the very bottom, of every offensive category that you would possibly measure a successful hitter by. I, I can't, I think I said the last time we recorded, he was my least favorite player on the Red Sox. I can't stand to watch him bat. Yeah, it's crazy to think of four years ago. It was like, holy shit. Four years ago, I I knew Mookie should have won the MVP that year, but J.D. Martinez not getting a single vote was ridiculous. But it's not four years ago. And the decline since the COVID year, he had two all-star appearances and then completely almost shut his game down in the second half of the season. Yeah, it's been a... uh concerning trend for both him and Bogarts the last two years of how poorly they played in the second half. Yeah. Although again, always going to defend my man Bogarts. He got hit on the wrist last year against the Yankees, I believe. So yeah, he's a tough customer. Yeah. He plays through injuries. He also has, he also has absolutely no support in the lineup. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we're going to touch up on it, but Kike Hernandez is back. And that motherfucker just swings at everything. Talk about a guy that I hate watch hitting. You don't you don't like hell hacks at every single swing? No. My favorite thing to say on this podcast is I think I've said this before, but I think I've said it before. Kike Hernandez is not a good leadoff hitter, let alone professional major league hitter. Ever since he was back, he had a in his first game back, he took a uh, like a long, like you're trying to win a long drive type hard swing. And he popped out to left field and it was a sack fly. And Dave O'Brien says, wow, aren't they happy to have that guy back? And I'm thinking to myself, no, because he just hit a 300 foot fly out that he's just going to say, oh, I just missed it. I guess I'll just swing harder next time. I I mean, did ownership stop by a Nesson production meeting last year and go, Hey, listen, we're selling Kike. That's who we're selling. Um, And maybe he is a great guy to be around. I'm sure he's lots of fun. I've talked before. Very handsome. 
But my goodness gracious, I, he is the most overrated player the Red Sox have had in a long time. Like Adrian Gonzalez, maybe, but he wasn't even overrated because everybody knew how shitty of a productive season he had. It's just been... J.D. Drew. Yeah, all right. J.D. Drew's a good one. But JD, JD Drew Drew's gave, a real good gave one. you the grand slam. He has that. Well, that's what it is. Moment. There's it's, it's it's one playoff moment away from being fucking Steve Pierce and getting an extension on a contract. Hey man, World Series MVP Steve Pierce. You yeah, didn't okay. say that right. I yeah, Jack. Um, we can. Well, so we can. We'll do the. We'll just do this of- part now. Yeah, a lot of F-bombs, too. We're going to have to throw up the uh, TV-14 rating on this one. NSFW. Very bleak outlook this last month. They're in last place. They're not going to make the playoffs. It's like, it, they're not. Nope. That's That has to be established. And if you think they are, please stop listening to this podcast. No, don't. don't. Like and Continue subscribe. To listen. Continue to listen every episode. Don't listen to Comment. The Actually, yeah, send man. me your comments on why you think this team is going to make the playoffs. Anyways, when I was at Hampton Beach, I wanted to record with you because at that point, I think it was The Athletic. I'm not 100% sure. It could have been some ESPN report. But it came out that the Red Sox had a 17.4% chance to make the the playoffs. Mm -hmm. That's low. That's very low. Um, In that article, the it was... It was basically the point of the article was to say that number is misleading because they still have all this talent. And my question to you, you normally ask the questions around here. Mm. Where? Where is their talent? Aside from the three people we mentioned at the top of the show who are having just horrifying second halves. Where is the talent? Where is all of this energy? Is it just because they're a big market club? Is it just because there's a third playoff spot, like I or a third wild card spot? I don't understand why people are still attaching hope to what is a quadruple A team with Rafael Devers and Xander Bogarts on it. There isn't talent. There's not major league talent. If you go around, Bogarts didn't play last night because he had back spasms. So if you went around the diamond last night. It was Franchi Cordero, Kike Hernandez, Bobby fucking Dahlbeck at shortstop, Rafael Devers at third, Verdugo Duran, because Fam didn't play, so I Ref Schneider, left to right. That and then I think McGuire was catching, which makes it even better that that's the backup of the backup catcher that starts. There's no talent there. The talent was the guy throwing fucking 97 mile an hour sinkers on the inside corner, striking out Vlad Guerrero and George Springer. Bayo, fine. But I'm just saying, like, not the talent was at third base and he's injured and he's gutting out the rest of the year. Yep. You can see him running. When he runs on doubles, it's like he almost looks like he's like, fuck, that's a double because his back in, was it his hamstring? He hurt like a combo. Yeah. So it there it it's stupid it's it's just stupid homer coverage that doesn't make sense and it's weird the athletic would do it but I don't know we've said it a thousand times Kike Hernandez 
isn't that talented. He's a 240 career hitter. That's not mm-hmm. what you it's not talent. I understand people don't give a shit about batting average, but his on base isn't good either. So it's just like there's not the the Ross Hyam Bloom has built a bad team. And you know what? Good talented teams don't finish in last place. They don't. And that's where the Red Sox are right now. So this team is shit. Yep. There's hope in who even knows if they're going to have Bogarts again. So you have hope in Devers, Whitlock, Bayo, who shouldn't have pitched at all in the majors this year. And Hauk. And I mean, Schreiber has been a good find, but who knows? He might fall crashing back to earth next year. Yeah. Um, I think you mentioned, you know, a couple of people too many on that list of people to get excited about. Uh, but I mean, they're at least major league players. Sure. Uh, again, I and I don't, I don't even know that Alex Cora or Bloom are necessarily uh, sold on how to use Whitlock or Hauk in the future. Again, it's not like they're your nail down eight nine guys. They, they, it's a situational pitching. Like, <clears throat> I, I, I want to give Alex Cora the benefit of the doubt because he didn't have much of a roster building hand. But I, I mean, I don't know. It's got to go to him at some point. They're playing like dog shit. And I mean, even taking two out of three of the Yankees didn't even feel like you took two out of three from the Yankees in August when they did. That felt meaningless. It felt like we were playing spoiler. Um, but, but yeah, I, I mean, to me next year, especially if Bogarts doesn't get resigned, which I mean, chances are he's just not, he's just going to walk. Why would he stay other than playing with Devers? But like, I, I'm going to watch it next year and watch it every season for the rest of my life. But there's nothing outside of Rafi Devers that really makes me think, oh, I got to see this team play. And I think at this point, someone that would draw me to at least tune in because honestly right now I'm checking every day what's the best pitching matchup or what's the Mm -hmm. best team matchup like I watched the Braves and the Astros and I just would check my phone and say oh shit the Red Sox are losing to the Blue Jays so or whoever they were losing to at that point that's how I've been watching the season now I've been like so besides that my long-winded way of saying August 23rd, which was Tuesday of this week, was the day they could have brought up Tristan Cassis to and have him still retain rookie status for next year. So my guess is they're going to do it for September call-ups. It makes no sense. I don't know why the fuck you don't replace Eric Hosmer with him when Eric Hosmer goes on the IL. It makes no sense, but just bring him up. It you're not losing anything. He's going to retain rookie status. So just, it makes no sense. Bring him up. Yep. What's the worst that's going to happen? He's going to get, he's not going to hit well. I mean, Mike Trout hit like shit in his, in 2011 in his early call up. Like that, he's a good hitter that should see a month of major league pitching. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. I, I, where is he? 
Uh, I mean, Franchi Cordero hit a two-run homer. And I guess this is their way of saying that they I, – I mean, as of right now, it's pretty clear that they value Franchi's bat. I can't even believe I just said that sentence. Over Cat over Tristan Cassis, which, like you said, there is no downside now. This is this is everybody you've drafted in the past two years should be on your team taking major league at bats right now. They, the reason that Franchi Cordero is in this lineup and doing all this shit is because they traded an All Star Gold Glover for him, and now they're trying to be like it's. Where he he's gonna find it. He's just going to find it. The Chris Davis effect, where it, he makes too much money and he's too high profile a name that he can't go into the minor leagues or he has to be in the lineup every day. Yeah, and you want to try and prove that your GM for the last three years isn't totally fucking incompetent. But it's even so when you play these guys, you know it's it's trending like your GM is totally incompetent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, so the, the the frustrating part for Cassis is nobody has an idea of what he can do in the majors. Mm-hmm. And again, I'll say there's no downside. It's not like he, he's a liability at first base. And there's a good chance he's probably not going to come get promoted and go O for the season. So any at-bat that he has is going to be great experience for next year when he damn well should be your starting first baseman. Yeah. Franchi Cordero right now is a .1 Fangraph war player. So he is the... What, I can't stress enough what that legitimately means is he is exactly as valuable as someone that would replace him, yeah. which would be Tristan Cassis. Exactly. So, war wins above replacement. That R is basically talking about Franchi Cordero, as he is league average. He is a replacement player for Eric Hosmer, who got hurt. So I, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't see the thought process of not having him up there. When we, when it first was heard that Franchi's coming up, I think we texted Cassis could still be considered a rookie next year if he comes up with no time management issues uh but they're just not going to do it because they needed all of franchi cordero's offense yesterday yeah which brings us to another guy who pitched <laughs> recent who played recently um josh winkowski doesn't have it but do you know why josh winkowski is getting this c- consistent run because he was in the trade for andrew benintendi that he came from the Mets in the Benintendi trade. Yep. It is, I don't know, like, if High and Bloom is, like, has everyone convinced behind the scenes, he's just like, you have to trust me, this process is working. It's working. You're not seeing it, but it's working. Because one guy made the All-Star team this year. One guy has let up five or more runs in one, two, three, four of his 13 starts and has an ERA of 5.83 and lasted under three innings the other day. So that is just not good, but they're holding on to him and letting him still pitch. 
Yeah, he's a he's a triple A pitcher. He is negative point one war right now. So he's actually costing you ball games. Uh and I think you just said it five point eight three ERA. Um he's gotten his shot. He, I mean <laughs> What more is there to see? What's the growth? Bayo last night struck out seven and five innings. That that's the flash that you're like, oh, okay, cool. That's that's never happened for Winkowski. Nor does he even have close to that stuff to make it happen. No, he has let up ten home runs. He's walked twenty three and struck out thirty eight. His oh. Where is it? His he's walking three point seven three point two seven guys a game. It's just all right, there it is. Strikeout to walk rate. He is striking out one and a half guys for every walk. That's not good. That's bad. No. That's very bad. I it it's all all this to me just screams bloom has some way too much sway and these guys are getting this playing time because he made these moves. What was it? Two years ago. Yeah. It's yeah. Cause Ben Intendi was on the Royals last year and won a gold glove. So, and I didn't love Ben Intendi at the time. He was not good in 2020. He had like a historically bad year, but yeah. I think we're finding out throw that year away. Like 2020 was a fake year in the world and in especially a shortened 60 game season. If that was a full season, maybe he bounces back and it's like 250 for the year. It was 60 fucking games. He played in like 19, he had like 19 at bats or something because he got hurt. I don't, it was, but I know I always bring it up, but the Mookie trade, the Benintendi trade, and now fucking around with Bogart's endeavors. Like, why are you keeping this GM? They're all they're all L's. They're all losses. I mean, it's just it's just no, there's no other way to look look at it. He's he's lost on almost every single deal he's made. Yes, and it also doesn't help that the owners now own a soccer team, a hockey team, and are the front runners to own a basketball team. Yeah, they don't give a shit. They say they give a shit about winning. You can get that Sam Kennedy uh, company line every time he says it, but it's just from the desk of John Henry and Tom Warner. They don't, they don't, uh, first off, to say that the ownership knows anything about player development would be a pretty far off statement. And then to say with the way they've hired Haim to run their team and just for financial reasons, um, keep them around, it's pretty clear that they don't care being a top 10 market to put the best product they can on the field. No, this, if it continues like this and something like if something legit happens with Devers, there's going to be a like revolt. If yeah. they don't sign him, fans are good. That really might be fans finally saying, fucking, I'm not going to games. Let's hope. Let's hope, because them losing any amount of money whatsoever would be the only way that they would realize that something was pissed. Yeah. Fenway is still sold out every night. 
Yeah, this is I and the other crazy thing is I saw a stat they the Red Sox have I think I said this on the podcast once came in last place like twice from nineteen oh eight to nine to two thousand eleven. And then since two thousand twelve it's been two thousand twelve, two thousand fourteen, two thousand Well, 2019, they had, yeah, 2020, they had a bad one. 2019, they were, they didn't finish last, but they were bad. Yeah, they were disappointed after winning 119. And just to be fair, a lot of that, uh, they didn't come in last is because they didn't have divisions throughout most of the 1900s. But um, just in the interest of being fair, but uh, they're in last place currently with, three all-stars on their team um and you know absolutely no pitching and oh, 14 I, I, and 15 they finished in last place sorry and i i would say that uh they're putting their eggs into the sale yavaldi ace ace basket was wrong was the wrong move to build around two aging fireballers it there's there's it's happened obviously because i'm assuming in 14 15 those years i was like oh i guess i'm checked out the team's not looking that good but i it's been a while since i felt checked out in august yeah totally i yeah i mean I don't really remember the 14 and 15 teams, which is crazy too, to kind of show that 2013 had like no business winning a world series there. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I can't remember. There was, maybe it was one of those years where there was a big series against the Yankees. Um, and it was supposed to be like, this is going to turn their season around if they perform well here. And I think Arroyo must've been their ace at the time. And he pitched one inning and left the game, and the Yankees scored 12 runs. And then I remember checking out probably in the early summer. But this is this is strange. I felt like I haven't watched a competitive Red Sox game where I cared about it since before the All-Star break. Yeah, I still end up watching the Yankees games because, well, I it's funny that, like, this past series, the Yankees couldn't beat them. And even, like, the Saturday night yeah. game was, like, a last second, like, a a late Yankees win, not last second, a late win. And I was like, huh, this is, this is at least funny because they're not playing well. They've won recently, but, but anyways, yeah. <laughs> we, we're going to move on. This was, this was, it was a little bit therapeutic, but it was, now <laughs> I'm looking at my Fitbit here. My uh, blood pressure is going up. Right. So I'm going to, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right, Jack. We're back, and we're talking about the rest of the major leagues. And let's start with a wild scene here where we're on Triple Crown Watch. Yeah, it's official. We're officially on Triple Crown Watch here in the second to last week of August. Of the St. Louis Cardinals. Let me pull it up. Let me pull up where where he is right now. I got it, Tom, if you want me to go. Go ahead, sure. We have him leading the National League in batting 
at a balmy 335. Second to Kyle Schwarber. He used to play for the Red Sox, too expensive. In home runs, 34 to 31. And he is behind the polar bear, Pete Alonzo, by two RBIs with 102 and 100. So he's sitting in the top two spots in the triple crown categories, and he has been hot all year long. Yeah, it's just um something that's going to make you, if you have MLB TV, check out a Cardinals game or just keep a close eye on the Cardinals, see what he's doing. It's great. It would be wild if it happened again because it happened in 1967, obviously, and that didn't happen again until 2012. And yep. now it is possibly going to happen again. I mean, 10 years later, but that makes sense because that's so it's a crazy feat. Yeah. Um, the last I'm trying to look up the last triple crown winner in the NL, because obviously in 2012, it was Miguel Cabrera for the Tigers. I know this. Frank Robinson. Is that right? That's I a think. long time ago. Frank yeah. Robinson played a very long time ago. I believe Frank Robinson did it like in like close to when Yaz did it. OK, because the, the answer I got off Google is trying to trick me. And it says that it's Randy Johnson in 2002. Oh, well, he did win the pitching triple crown like all the time. Yeah. So, so I mean, I, I hope he does it. I lo- I've always liked Goldschmidt. He's a hell of a hitter and uh, he's got a nice little, uh, they got a nice team over there. Frank Robinson did it in 66. Okay. So the you. year before. So one year, but one year. That's crazy. He did that in 66 for Baltimore, Tom. Oh. The last oh. nine nas- the last National League winner also came from St. Louis, Joe Medwick in 1937. Wow. Wow. So go for Goldschmidt. Yeah. Frankie Robinson. God. Um, yeah, it's just exciting. It's an exciting thing that keeps interest between that and Aaron judge. It's going to be a, a fun little stretch run for chasing records. Yeah. Aaron judge and the Yankees. I know you just talked about it slowed down quite a bit, but you know, hopefully. Well, all right. So we'll move on to this next topic after we bring up like, why the hell did DeGrom not pitch against the Yankees? The Mets had a chance to pitch. Scherzer and DeGrom back to back. I don't know. I, you know, they're, they're saving him for the postseason. The Mets are going to make. Yeah. They're saving is, is high stress. Cause I'm sure when he gets out there, all he wanted to do was go nuts and do it. But I, I I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I wish he would have pitched. I think that having him go out there and sit down a team that is kind of, really scuffling um would be just fun to watch and granted i love Degrom and i hate the yankees so it definitely would have been fun oh uh, so i guess this article what buck show walter's saying is taiwan walker's been out since august 16th so he they didn't want him to like lose his arm strength 
get all rusty. Yeah. And then it allows DeGrom extra rest. I get it all, but yeah, I would have loved to see DeGrom against Judge. That's give the people what they want. Yeah. If you if you want to get people to watch a a random baseball game in August, give me that. <laughs> like it don't give me the Field wrong. of Dreams game or the Little League game. Give me the best pitcher against the best hitter. <laughs> Going back to that Little League game, I saw a meme of Cora doing the slide, and he was he kind of like went out of control and kind of yeah. tumbled. And somebody somebody tweeted, "Is like this couldn't be a more appropriate uh, meme for the entire Red Sox season this year." <laughs> Seriously, it's just him sliding downhill out of control. Oh. Yeah, so DeGrom skipped the start. That was a bummer. Would have loved to see it. And, okay, the next topic we need to talk about is Justin Verlander just being Major League Baseball's Tom Brady. Yeah, really found the fountain of youth, 39 years old. Um, just leading pretty much every category. He's got a 1.87 RA. Let's He's... just think of that. No sticky shit. No, still allegedly. playing. Oh, allegedly, sure. Uh, still playing in a pretty huge offensive boom period, and he's striking out more of a quarter, more than a quarter batter of a quarter of the batter he's faces. He's wow, and he's striking out more than a quarter of the batters he's faced with a one point eight seven ERA. That's just that's that's almost as good as his prime. All right, here we go. I was looking. Speaking of that, in 2011, he won the MVP. Mm -hmm. He pitched 165 innings. He has 143 now. This might be a little out of date. He has he pitched 251. So he has 149. Yep. And his ERA in 2011 was two 2.24. It's 190, 187. He had 162 Ks to his... Oh, come on, Fangraphs. You don't have K's on the main page here? What? I mean, I understand you're going for advanced statistics, but strikeouts? It's SO. It's right on the side. 250. You're on Fangraphs? You're seeing this? Yeah. Oh, wait. Here we go. Yeah. He has 148 to the 162 he had then, and the batting average against is... Tom, where are you seeing these numbers, man? Justin Verlander pitched 251 innings and struck out 250 people in 2011. Ah, Jack, guess what? This is through his first 22 starts. That's why it's fucked Ah, up. Ignore everything I've said the last three minutes. But if you're doing that through the first 22 starts, he's projecting right on course. Yeah. Except for that ERA, which is way lower and way more impressive. It's just crazy that he's it, he pitches in a bandbox. Did I say that already? You haven't, but he does. Yeah. So it's wild. He's gonna win the MV or the Cy Young. Do you see his numbers in 2019? 21 and 6, yeah. 258 with 300 strikeouts. Yeah. He won the Cy Young, right? 2019? I don't think he did. I think that might have been a Garrett Collier. That's a Garrett fell on the Yankees' side? Yeah. 
No, Garrett Cole was teammates with him. Oh, and okay. He had to have. I right? He had to. Hold on. I'm looking it up. Yes, he did. Whew. I would have been upset. So we're talking 11 years after Verlander put up that MVP year, and he's still 16-3 and three with a 1.870 ERA. Yeah, he was doing that on um, – he was 28. That's the prime of your life. Now he's 39. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Yeah, he still got it. It must be Kate Upton. Yeah, he's probably helping him out. Also – on top of all this, he had Tommy John surgery. He's coming off Tommy John. He missed yep. all of last year. And he did. Who knows? He says he's talking crazy about how long he wants to pitch, Jack. He has 242 wins. He might be crazy enough to try and get those 58 more. I'd be into it if he keeps pitching like this. He's only allowed 31 runs this year. Yeah, that's insanity. Yeah. Wild stuff. All yeah, right. So good for him. Well, let's ask. Let's see. Let's fish that out there. 39 years old. 58 wins is a lot. It's a lot. So that's probably if he stays at this level, which is a lot to ask. Although 2018, 2019, 22, 252, 258, 187. Yikes. So in his prime prime years from 2009 to 2013 where he mixed in there was the MVP and a, obviously Cy Young the same year a third place Cy Young finish and a second place Cy Young finish he had 91 wins wow and then let's see so he that's a lot of wins but that was your prime so let's since go he's, since he's gone to Houston 16, 21, 1 and 20 when he only had a few innings. He had six innings pitched. Missed all the 21, which would hurt him. And then 16. He's winning games in Houston. He's on a good team and he's winning games. So for his career, his average wins is 17. God damn. Yeah. So 17. Oh, God damn it. That would get him, it would take him three and a half years maintaining that average to get, I mean, 42. Why not? If he's pitching like this, why couldn't he get 17 wins until he was 42? Houston's good. Yeah. You can three more check. years. Yeah. He could slip a full point in his ERA, and his ERA is under three. That's true. That's very viable but you have to keep doing this into your 40s which only Nolan Ryan has done true but I mean he's got a similar build and a similar kind of uh pitching style to Nolan Ryan so it's not it's not crazy so let's let's do it man what do you think does Justin Verlander get the 300 wins no well <laughs> <laughs> 58 wins is a lot more wins at starting at 40. No way. Oh my God. The why can't you answered by himself. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't think he's going to get there either to tell you the truth, but fun to watch. Good for you, Justin Verlander. When you listen tonight.
Also, let's stick on this topic. Just popped in my head. Pujols, seven away from 700 homers. Oh, yeah, he gets there. No doubt about it. You think he had seven homers from now until the end of the season? He's got a full month and a week. Yeah, and I think actually I think he's October. just he's on the Cardinals to swing for 700 home runs. I mean, I want him to. I I'm saying he gets there like last last day of the season type stuff. Wow, that'd be something. That you got to groove fastballs. You just have to. Yep. It doesn't Sorry, Corbin Burns, if it's you, you got to stay. <laughs> Don't mind that race. Yeah, uh it's crazy. How they're in first place. Let's see. They play at they play the Reds coming up. Then they go. I'm just thinking like Homer Happy Stadiums, the Reds, because they don't play in a huge, like a great hitters park for Homers. Cincinnati. Yeah. Oh, I disagree. Oh no, no, no. The Cardinals. Of... I mean. Oh yeah. yeah like yeah. their home stadium. He's got. He ends the season with six games against the Pirates, a home and home. That's the team to feed Albert fastballs. And they play, what's that, five, eight more games against the Car- the Reds and nine more games against the Pirates. I'm a little more optimistic about this. Yeah, I think he's going to do it. He has, like, his recent stats have been ridiculous, which is crazy. I know, he's, mash- he's hammering the ball. He is... He's yeah, he's just been on fire, which is this is the same guy that like was a negative two player, negative two war player in LA four years ago. It's crazy. Yeah. Now he's a well, one that was war. a bad contract. He he was he was so bad in with the Angels that he dipped out of like historic 100 war career range he just like fell out of it he was so bad but maybe the who knows it i mean he's a hall of famer he should Mm -hmm. be a first ballot everyone should vote for him hall of famer but it's just crazy and he's added to he also the other day added to his most ground or double plays grounded into career record a little less nice of a stat. But a record nonetheless. And we'll end on Fernando Tatis Jr. getting suspended 80 games because of a bad bout of ringworm. Allegedly. But Jack, I feel like you love Tatis. I do. I'm really bummed about this. I would have loved to see Tatis and Juan Soto hit back to back in that lineup. I, I think it I think that I think Fernando Tatis was my pick for NL MVP. Um and yeah, it sucks. He's he didn't play at all this year. He hit 40 home runs in like 60 games last year. He's a very exciting player to watch play baseball. And now we're talking that he probably won't be back until late May of next year. Mm-hmm. So that sucks. I mean, yeah. I and then he just says there's no excuses. Um just don't there has to be. There has to be somebody on a on the Padres or in this guy's inner circle 
that is his main job or that person's main job is to read the ingredients on anything that these guys think of ingesting or putting in on their body. I just don't understand. Like, you're not going to fool a piss test or a, whatever it is. And it's just not worth it to be like, oh, it's a stupid mistake. Yeah, dude, your team is competing for a World Series. Yeah. Like. Yeah, dude, I saw a lot of quotes from guys in the locker room that were just like, this is just disappointing. He not some not even really holding back too much. Some were saying, oh, this is a teaching point. He'll learn from this. Others being like, he's he has to be smarter. He's too important to us. He has to be smarter. And between breaking your wrist, riding a motorcycle, and then this, it's they must be like, holy shit, what do we just do with this contract? Yeah, no kidding. Not even to mention that you gave him a huge contract, and the first thing he does is completely take a season of baseball off of that. Um, gosh, man, I don't know. It is possibly so. I'm reading right now that he would have only played um, by the end of the season. Tatis has played in 273 of a possible 546 regular season games through his first four seasons. That's you just not being available for your team there. Yeah. That's so bad. That's uh, that's half. That's almost exactly 50%. I don't know. I mean, that's that's shitty cuz again, you're right. I do like watching him hit. I think he's an amazing talent in him and Juan Soto. 14 year, 340 million dollar extension for a 50% play rate. Yikes. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's just hope he's only 23 so he is young and stupid i guess but man i'm sure the san diego padres front office doesn't believe that if they want to unload him and take half his contract i would i will i as a red sox fan will deal with these growing pains Mm -hmm. so something to think about also trade don orsillo back that and would be or- a hell of a deal. An Orsillo Tatis package for Franchi and Winkowski. Yeah, it sucks. Um, just that's so silly. I for especially in this day and age, when you see a guy get popped for a PED, you're basically just like, have you watched TV over the past ten years as it relates to the thing you do for a living? <laughs> I mean, I told you guys this in a in the group chat when i was 18 i went to franklin pierce university in range new hampshire and tried out for the baseball team and in like the second practice they said to us here like you can't buy muscle milk you can't go to a rite aid and buy muscle milk talk to the sid or something talk to someone and you have to get muscle milk collegiate because there was stuff you would have got popped that was on us rather small division two college new hampshire college baseball team this is yeah, the fucking but, san diego padres yeah don't sell out franklin pierce franklin pierce always always competing for the cws in division two sure they are good and that's why i transferred to a division three program <laughs> um yeah, that's um 
it's a bummer just a bummer and and i guess stupid is a good word for it because that's just a giant investment i mean i don't think franklin pierce paid you any money to not drink muscle milk well i mean i did get a little bit of an academic scholarship nothing for baseball though Mm. but still paying those loans off Okay, Jack. Well, we ended. We started with on a low note, ended on a low note. That's how we like to do it. Yeah. Uh, enjoy your weekend, everybody. <laughs> well, hold on. Let's see. Let's see what's. what's oh, what do we got? Oh, that's right. I had a big one for you. I'm I'm excited about mine. What we're watching this weekend. Oh, Mike Trout's back, which is always fun. Yep. But this weekend, you were gonna say the thing to watch is Yankees Athletics. I was going to say the thing to watch this weekend is a league of their own oh, on yeah. Amazon Prime. Have you watched it? I have watched it. It's very good. I've watched the first two episodes. Uh, they're very good. High score on the old Roddy T. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're watching that. I'm going to watch Braves Cardinals. I mean, I'm going to watch some baseball, too. I'll probably watch Braves Cardinals for a couple of the reasons we talked about. Um, the Triple Crown watch, the 700 watch, and then it's the defending champs against a real good team in a pennant race. We're dangerously close to September baseball here, Tom. Yeah. It's going to be a fun time to watch for, you know, you know what? That's where all the fake, the, the fakers start watching football. Oh my God. Tom, one day, listener, dear, dear listener, I'll leave you with this one day. I think it was 2013 when the Red Sox were actively competing for a World Series. I was working at this awful, awful, awful sports bar. And it was a night where the So Patriots awful you were... met your wife there. Well, doesn't matter at that. Um, yeah, that's the reason. Let's see if she listens. Um, oh, that's a good so, test. Yeah, so... The Patriots were playing a uh, preseason game, and the Red Sox were playing a Saturday night game against the Yankees. The fakers that you're referring to put this preseason game on on the on the, throughout the whole bar, where only one small TV had a pennant race Red Sox game. It's infuriating to talk about the switch that happens in September and October to be like, "Oh, the Patriots are on; they're more important." Ridiculous. Tell that other podcast to shove it. No, I'm not going to do that, but all right, Jack, that's right. You're a host of it. (laughs) You need, you need to, you know what you've had, you've been on one today, as they say. So I got nothing good to say, Tom, except uh, a league of their own is good. Okay. Well, all right, Jack, we got to go. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye, Tom.